Before I start today's episode, I've got a favor to ask. We're coming into the final stretch of days to share the podcast for a chance to win a LEGO Saturn V rocket set. So, if you want a chance to win the coolest LEGO set I've ever seen and built, go to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and share the podcast with your friends and family. Sharing the podcast and leaving a review or rating in iTunes helps even more people find the show. I'm grateful and humbled by all of the interest that you have in this podcast. Now, for the show. This is The Space Shot, episode 62 for July 15th, 2017. Pioneer, Apollo Soyuz, and Dawn. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. On July 15th, 1972, 45 years ago today, the Pioneer 10 probe became the first spacecraft to enter and travel through the asteroid belt. The asteroid belt or The Belt, if you're a fan of The Expanse show on sci-fi or the books, is a region of space that's between Mars and Jupiter, filled with the remnants of material from the formation of our solar system. When the planets in our solar system were forming, there was a massive protoplanetary disk that had the material that would go on to create the planets, moons, asteroids, and other bodies in our solar system. Recently, scientists have imaged protoplanetary disks around other stars, that show the different stages of how material coalesces from small particles into protoplanets and eventually into planets. The material in the asteroid belt can range in size from tiny dust particles to objects like Vesta and Ceres. At the time that Pioneer 10 entered the asteroid belt in 1972, it wasn't known if a spacecraft could traverse this region and make it out intact since nothing had gone out that far before. Scientists were divided on the danger the asteroid belt posed to spacecraft. What are you doing? You're not actually going into an asteroid field. They'd be crazy to follow us, wouldn't they? You don't have to do this to impress me. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. Thankfully, we've already beaten those odds. In reality, the asteroid field isn't dense enough to pose a real threat to spacecraft that travel through it. Once Pioneer 10 crossed the asteroid field, it went on to fly by Saturn and Jupiter, becoming the first spacecraft to do so, and paving the way for the Voyager missions. It operated for more than 30 years, with radio communication ceasing in 2003. The RTGs, or radioelectric thermal generators, decayed to a point where they could no longer power the transmitter onboard the spacecraft, permanently ending the mission as the spacecraft continued to drift through space. Fast forward to 2007 and the Dawn spacecraft. Dawn's mission is to study protoplanets in the asteroid belt. It entered orbit around Vesta late in the evening on July 15th or early in the morning on July 16th, depending on your time zone, in 2011. Studying objects in the asteroid belt is important to NASA and to scientists around the world because it provides clues to what our solar system was like when it was being formed billions of years ago. The Dawn spacecraft uses a unique xenon ion engine that utilizes solar power and xenon gas. Contrary to what's portrayed in movies, spacecraft generally rely on accelerating over a longer period of time 
days, weeks, and even months, instead of having Captain Kirk tell Mr. Sulu to punch it and go to warp speed. Dawn is what JPL refers to as the Prius of spacecraft, since it's extremely efficient in its use of fuel over long periods of time. NASA and JPL quote the 0 to 60 mile an hour time for Dawn at a blistering 4 days, so it's definitely not going to win any celestial drag races, but it will keep going long after other spacecraft have used up their fuel. Dawn studied Vesta for a little over a year before moving on to study Ceres. Now, for some Apollo Soyuz history. On this day in 1975, the United States and the Soviet Union launched two rockets within hours of each other. These rockets weren't on a Cold War military mission, rather they were launched as part of the first international mission in space. Apollo Soyuz was part of the detente between the United States and the Soviet Union in the later years of the Cold War. American astronauts Thomas Stafford, Vance Brand, and Deke Slayton launched on a Saturn 1B rocket with the Apollo Command Service module and docking adapter needed for the mission. Deke Slayton was one of the original Mercury 7 astronauts, but he was sidelined for a medical condition during the Mercury program. He went on to serve as the director of flight crew operations for almost a decade from 1963 until 1972, and helped shape the crews of NASA's missions during the Gemini and Apollo years. Soviet cosmonauts Alexei Leonov and Valery Kubasov were the Soyuz crew and launched slightly before their American counterparts. The astronauts had years of training leading up to the mission, training in both the United States and Russia before the launch in 1975. Even during their busy schedules required for planning and training for this mission, there was still time to have fun. In the book, the Partnership, A History of the Apollo-Soyuz Test Project, the authors of that book recount part of the Soviets' first visit to the United States. During their time in Houston, the Soviet delegation was able to spend time shopping at a J.C. Penney's, various hardware stores, and other shops around the area for things they wanted to bring back to the Soviet Union. At one point during their shopping, one of the members of the Soviet delegation was greeted by some schoolchildren in a Woolworths store. They asked him if he was from the Soviet Union, and, quote, in English, Petrov replied that he was. The girl then gave an impromptu speech of welcome, saying that she was happy that they had come to the United States and hoped their work would be successful. The American that saw the scene unfold reported that, quote, Petrov was moved to tears by this spontaneous greeting. The goodwill exhibited by the school-aged children in Texas was something that was shared by the astronauts and cosmonauts on this mission. Stafford related in an oral history interview that, quote, he's like a brother to me now when he was asked about Alexei Leonov. Tomorrow, I'll have some more history from the Apollo-Soyuz test project, and also some other history, really, really big one coming up here, for Apollo 11. Thank you all for listening to the show. Producing a daily podcast takes a lot of time, and I would love if you could take just a minute to leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think. If you're so inclined, you can ask me questions and chat on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Mulnix pretty much everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone you know that loves history, space, or pop culture. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.